0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Titled, My Big Fat Mouth, and what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been jumping in and talking about how our mouths can sometimes get us into trouble. And again, this is a message that's based off a a Bible reading plan uh, from the Bible app. And as always, shameless plug, we challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. It's an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. That way you can read your Bible every single day. And what a better way to start by actually getting this plan and going along with the message, right? But well, my question is, as we start, how has your big fat mouth done this week, right? Has it got you into any trouble? I know for me, mine has got me into a little bit of trouble. In fact, yesterday was one of those crazy days where it seems like the schedule collided with baseball, softball, everything going together, and then at one point, I just broke down and began to yell at my family for no reason, and then my big fat mouth got me into a little bit of trouble, right? And then uh, it does. Sometimes we do things. Sometimes we, we put our foot in our mouth, and as it's Mother's Day today, this kind of reminds me of a, a classic moment here at Life Change Church. So at Life Change Church, we take Mother's Day serious. Right, Mother's Day at a church is, is usually a great Sunday, it's a big Sunday, it's one that we circle on the calendar, but we also know that Mother's Day is a hard Sunday for a lot of people. Right, There's people here today that, that maybe have a relationship with their mother that, that may be strained, there may be a relationship that may be even broken with their mother. Right? There's some of us that, that have lost our mothers, and there's families who, who have lost children as well, there's mothers who have lost their children, and we take all that seriously, right? And then there's mothers, too, that, that maybe have struggled. There's those with a mother's heart that have struggled to get pregnant, right? that, that struggle with, with infertility. And listen, if you're here today and you fall in any of those categories, other categories, we're we're here for you. Know this. You're not alone. We love you, and we're praying for you. And we've done that since we, the beginning. It's something that's close to our hearts, especially those that struggle with, with infertility. And one of those moments, though, got us into a little bit of trouble. In fact, the first Mother's Day here at Life Change Church, where church is about five years, it was like the first or second Mother's Day. My wife, who, who is a singer now, she was the uh, worship leader and she would often lead in, in the prayer. And it was the first or second Mother's Day that we existed as a church. And she meant to pray for those who were struggling with infertility. But instead, in the prayer, she prayed for those mothers who were struggling with, with infidelity. Right? <laughs> it was a little awkward, but we did get an Amen. And the truth is we do need to pray for those mothers who struggle with infidelity as well, right? But sometimes we have those moments where our mouths can get us into trouble. We may say things the wrong way. What we say may get taken the wrong way as well. And that's really what we've been talking about through this series. So hopefully over the last few weeks you've gotten a little bit better at controlling your mouth, controlling your tongue. We started off week one talking about complaining, so hopefully you've caught yourself and haven't gone down the path of complaining over the last two weeks. And then last week we jumped in and we talked about gossiping. So hopefully you've even jumped in and you've been able to, to conquer that this past week. And as it's Mother's Day today, what I want us to do is I want to talk about something that makes all moms happy. And I want to talk about how we can overcome lying. Right? How many of you have ever lied before? If, you haven't, if you're not raising your hand right now, let me just tell you what you're doing. The truth is we've all lied. Sometimes we don't intend to lie, but sometimes these lies, they just come out. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, some of us are carrying around some false identification. Or we have some fake ideas. Like there's this little thing that asks, how much do you weigh on your driver's license? Now, luckily, they don't show that anymore, but they still ask the question. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's one of those areas where it's hard to tell the truth, right? For some of us, we lied about that. For some of us, we've lied about our age before. So for some of us, we lied about how many cookies we ate at one sitting, Right? There's some things that we do that, that we just lie about that we don't necessarily intend to. But the truth is, lying gets us into a little bit of trouble. In fact, lying gets us into a lot of trouble. As I look back on my life, the most trouble I've ever gotten to are all based on lies. In fact, growing up, I was never one to really uh, get grounded. It wasn't that I didn't get into some trouble. We just had different forms of communication, different forms of uh, discipline in my in my house. And as I said grounded, some of you guys are like, grounded? Like, what's that? Like, try whooped, right? right? So, and I did, I had some ping-pong prattles broken over my rear end. But I got grounded one time in my life. And I'll tell you why. It's because of this thing right here. You're like busting out the saxophone, guys. I was gonna play for worship, but in a moment you'll know why. So as a fifth grader, I learned how to play the saxophone. And here's what I learned. You guys ready? <laughs> It's pretty good. I knew it. So let me get to why I got in trouble for that, besides the way that sounded. In fifth grade and in band, you're supposed to practice the saxophone. How many of you guess that I didn't practice that much? Right. So you're supposed to practice the saxophone, and you're supposed to practice every week. And in fifth grade, we had a band, and you actually, we were, you were supposed to practice, and then you had a form that y'all were supposed to take home and have my parents sign to show and sign off on the fact that I practice every week. Now, it was November, it was around November of fifth grade, and one week I didn't practice. And I was decided, you know what, I still want credit for this. I got this band, it was like a Friday, I'm thinking like, how can I figure this out to still get credit? Oh, I can just write my mom's name down in cursive and just give it in and just hand the paper in. That's also known as forging a signature, which is also known as lying, just so you know. So this took me down a path that led to some more lying. See, here's the thing with lying. It always leads to another lie, right? So again, this is November. I'm thinking like, okay, forged my mom's signature. We're good. I got a a grade for this week. Next week came along. I'm thinking... I can't give this back to my mom. She knows what her signature looks like, and she knows she didn't sign. So I'm figuring, all right, we're gonna keep this rolling. Like, I'm, I can get pretty good at this signature. So I signed it again. And it went on for like weeks upon weeks, probably months. And I'm sitting there, this is November. I'm like, I gotta milk this thing all the way to the end of the school year. And then one day, my parents finally figure something out. They're like, we're not, we're no longer hearing that annoying noise from Corbin's room, right? The squeaks are less. What's going on? So they asked me, said, Hey, Corbin, how's band going? How's that saxophone playing going? I'm thinking, Uh oh. Here's the moment of truth. Oh, it's going well, guys. We're going, we're doing good. Like, Hey, I remember I used to sign it. My mom, super smart. She's like, I remember I used to sign a form that you, every week for you. What's going on with that? I'm like, Oh yeah, I got that for you. Let me, let me get that. You can sign it right now for you. So being the smart fifth grader that I was, I decided to get the form and just cover up part of it with the rest of the paper, right? So I decided to do that to her. Listen, it didn't it didn't slide. She looks at it, looks at me, and there's that moment of disappointment where you know like you just disappointed your mom and then grounded. Only time I've ever been grounded in my life was because of that, right? I was caught lies continued on. I got caught in all these lies and I was grounded like no friends for a month. And the truth is that, right? Lies never lead to anything good. Lies lead us down a path that we don't want to go to. And really, lies lead to more lies, right? It's a trap that we fall into. In fact, though, we all lie. If you look at it, there's a study done by the University of Massachusetts that says the average person lies four times a day. It goes on and even says that 60% of people cannot have a 10-minute conversation without lying. And that's pretty crazy, right? That's some pretty nuts stuff. But the truth is, it's our mouths. Our big, fat mouths get us into trouble. And they get us into lying. And again, we lie for all sorts of reasons. We lie sometimes for what? To impress people. We want to make ourselves look better than what we really are. So a lot of times we'll fall down this path and this trap of lying just because we want to impress somebody else. A lot of times we'll lie maybe to, to avoid conflict. We think in our heads, you know what? It's easier It's easier just to say a little lie than face the truth head on, to face the conflict head on. A lot of times we lie to, to shift the blame away from us. We lie to to get away with something. And the truth is, sometimes sometimes we lie just to be nice. There's times where somebody may ask, hey, does this shirt make me look fat? And in your mind, the truth is, no, your face does, right? But you don't want to say that. (laughs) Maybe that was too far. Again, not all truth has to be said. But sometimes we should shut our mouth so that we don't lie. But understand this too. Whether the lie is a little white lie Whether the lie is something we say to try to make something feel better, whether the lie is something that we may have good intentions behind, God still detests lies. And not just some lies, all lies. God detests all lies. Again, through this series, we've been hearing from a guy named Solomon, who is the wisest person, one of the wisest people to ever walk this planet. He was a king, he was the son of David, and he was incredible, really because he had the opportunity to ask God for anything, and he asked God for wisdom, and God gave it to him. So here's this guy that's walking in wisdom with everything he says. And he speaks a lot to our big fat mouth. And he speaks a lot to lying. And he says this in Proverbs 12, 22. He says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Understand this. God hates those that lie. He hates lying lips. Lies are repulsive to him, right? Lies are an abomination to him. Lies make him nauseous. They make him sick. He detests them but he delights in those who are trustworthy and get this lies and trustworthiness they're on the total opposite ends of the spectrum you cannot do both at the same time and god calls us to live above lies in our life even those little white lies that we try to justify because he detests lying lips he detests lies and here's why you're never more like the devil than when you lie. You're never more like the devil than when you lie. See, God's very character, God's very nature is trustworthy. And he calls us to be the same. Whereas Satan, his character is lying. So when we lie, we look like Satan. In fact, when we lie, what we're doing is we're falling into a scheme that Satan uses over and over and over again. And he's used it throughout history and he's used it in your life and he uses it in my life. He wants to get us to lie. He wants us to look like him. Satan wants us to, to pull onto into his character, not God's. What he's really trying to do is he's trying to separate us from God. He's trying to get us to sin. So when we lie, we look like the devil. In fact, Jesus says it this way in John chapter 8, verses 44. He says, when we lie, when we believe lies, when we live out lies, he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. As in this passage of scripture, Jesus is talking to, and he's speaking directly to the Jewish leaders and some of the Jewish people at that time who were believing lies shared about Jesus, who were believing lies about Jesus that were trying to really set Jesus up as a false teacher. But what's interesting about all this is that Jesus says this. He says that these people who are believing lies, that are living in the lies, that are sharing lies, they're of the devil. They belong to the devil. Think about that. Those are some strong words. But it's because of who Satan is. He's the father of lies, and lying is his native language. And it's what Satan uses against us every single time. It's what Satan wants us to do. It's the scheme. It's the same playbook that he uses over and over again. Satan is the father of lies, and he wants us to lie. He wants us to lie to ourselves, and he wants us to lie to others. Satan will do anything to get you to lie to someone else. And what he does is he uses those little white lies to turn into bigger lies. Again, once you walk in one lie, you're opening the doors wide open for the next. Satan knows that. It's part of his plan. It's part of his scheme. He may even use a lie that maybe we think is nice to open up into a lie that can be painful and hurtful and destructive to others and to ourselves. Right? He may use a simple lie just to help us to to cover up something, to avoid conflict that really turns us into cheating others. He wants us to lie to others for any reason. He wants us to tell partial truths because that's who he is. He's the father of lies, and he knows it can distract us. It can distract us from our true purpose. If we just lie to others. So that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to lie to others. He also wants us to lie to ourselves. He wants us to believe things that were said over us. He wants to believe things that he said to us. And he wants us to lie to ourselves. He wants us to try to rationalize things, which is really lying. He wants us to fall into this so much that we believe our own lies and that we're fooling ourselves so that we will become trapped. He wants us to play the role of the victim. He wants us to feel insecure or he wants us to be over secure and and almost overconfident where we're arrogant so that we fall into this trap. This is what he wants. He wants to lie to us, to wear us down. And he wants us to believe his lies as well. Understand that Satan's telling you lies over and over each day. And he wants you to believe and wants you to fall into that. He wants to distort your true identity. He wants to deceive us, deceive us from the truths of God. Or he wants us to tell us that, that we're a failure. Or You might be here today and maybe you're believing that. Right? You might be listening to that. Maybe you think you're worthless. Maybe you think you're a failure. Maybe you think you're a disappointment. But understand this is a lie. It's not who you are. It's what Satan's telling you to deceive you and he wants you to believe it. But understand this, you are a child of God. You are worth something. You are worth it. You are worth what God gave for each and every one of you, which is his son. Understand. that. Don't walk in lies. It's Satan's scheme to get you to walk in lies. And here's why. When we live out a lie, when we tell lies, when we believe a lie, it leads to exhaustion. I mean, think about it. That one lie leads to another, and it becomes more intense. Pretty soon you're trying to figure out this whole idea and this big backstory of something going on. Again, as a fifth grader, right? I forged my mom's signature once, then I continued on. Right? I continued on to do it and do it and do it. I had to get better at that signature. I had to get better at the story behind it. My mom actually asked me, she's like, well, did you practice? I'm like, well, I didn't practice the saxophone, but I practiced your signature. Does that work? Because it was a lie that led to more. But the truth is, it was exhausting to live in that. It was exhausting to, to live in that regret, that shame that came with it each and every moment. And the truth is, some of us, we're walking in that right now. Right? We're exhausted because that's where Satan wants us to be. Because he knows when, he, when you're exhausted, you're easier to fight with. You're easier to, to win that battle against. Right? And he's come to seek, kill, and destroy us, and he uses lies to do it. And the bad thing is too many times we fall into this trap. See, we have this misconception that, that lies work better than the truth. We have this misconception that, that lies can bring us security. We have this, we think that lies can really help us, but the truth is they do just the opposite. Often what they do is they breed more fear, right? They bring less of what really matters and they really destroy us because it's a misplaced trust. And understand this. The area where you're living in lies, the area where you're telling lies really displays how much you trust God. See, lies display where we don't completely trust. Lies are those areas that we haven't given fully over to him. And they're destructive to us. It separates us from him. And Satan knows this. This is why he uses this as a trap. He uses this to keep us held bound. right? This is why he uses this to keep us trapped and, and captivated so that we can't move forward in what God's called us to be. See, when we believe a lie, when we're living a lie, we feel like there's no way out. It's really this downward spiral that leads to more and more lies. But understand, that's not God's plan for It's not God's plan for your life. This is why he detests them, because of what it does to us. Because he loves us so much that he wants us to live for him. He wants us to experience him, and he knows that lies keep us in bondage, and they keep us from him. He knows that they harm our very well-being, whereas the truth sets us free. In fact, if you back up in John chapter 8, you see Jesus, again, as he's talking to the Jewish leaders, he says this about the truth. John 8, 32. He says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. God is the truth. this teachings are the truth, and it will set you free. Listen, God doesn't want you to be trapped. He doesn't want you to be enslaved by your sins. He doesn't want you to be enslaved to, to your regrets, to your past, to your pains, to your struggles, right? And he doesn't want you to have to cover up all those things with lies, but instead he wants you to walk in truth, and he wants you to walk in his truth. For some of us, maybe we walked in here thinking like, man, I'm going to go to church, but it's a struggle. Like, what if they, what if they find out this about me? What if they really knew this about me? What if they really knew what my big fat mouth said? Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus is bigger than whatever what if you're struggling with. His truth is bigger than whatever what if is in your past. His truth is love, and it overcomes that. It's greater than anything in your past. He's greater than any struggle. It's greater than any lie that you're holding on to, and it's greater than any lie that you're using to cover up your past. He is the truth, and he's the ultimate sacrifice for us. Again, we celebrate communion for the fact that Jesus is the new covenant, that he gave his life for each and every one of us. He gave his life so that we could be reconciled with God. Right? That's the truth, and Jesus is the truth. And the truth is what set us free. So I want you to understand, you don't have to live in the fear of what if they find out. You don't have to live in the fear of what if they knew this. You don't have to live from one lie to the next lie to cover it up. You don't have to believe the lies that were said about you or the lies said against you. You can live in freedom. But I want you to understand. What you keep secret keeps you bound. What you keep secret keeps you bound. Your lies are really the bars of your prison. Your lies are really the, the shackles and the chains that keep holding you down. So I want to challenge you today. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Overcome lies. See, you're only going to be as free as the measure of your honesty. Because freedom comes from truth. It comes from living out that truth. It comes from knowing that truth. It comes from sharing that truth. It comes from an openness, right? It comes from being real and being authentic and doing that with God and others. And listen, we can all experience this. This is what God wants for each and every one of us. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be free. So I want to challenge you to live in freedom. I want to challenge you to overcome your big fat mouth. Overcome your lying. And we do this through confession. We have to confess. And I'm in a nice little rhyming thing that you guys can remember here. God can bless your mess if you just confess. We got to confess because confession leads to freedom. It leads to, it leads to blessing. It leads to forgiveness. It leads to healing. So my challenge this week is that, is to confess. And number one, what we have to do is we have to confess to God. We have to confess to God. And understand this. God knows everything anyways. He's just waiting for us to be real with him. He's just waiting to see if we'll cross that barrier and actually be honest with him. He knows your struggle. He knows your mess. He knows where you've messed up in the past. He knows your sins. He knows the things that you regret. He knows all those things. And he's just waiting for you to be real with him. He's just waiting for you to acknowledge his weak, your weakness so that he can show his strength. We have to confess to him. So instead of hiding it, instead of faking it, instead of just going through some motions, I want to challenge you to confess. Right? Get real with him. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says this. says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful. If we confess our sins, He's just and He will purify us. He will forgive us from all that and He'll make us righteous in His eyes. Right? If we just confess. I think a lot of times we just walk by that. I think many times we're yearning, we're yearning for forgiveness. Right? We're yearning to, to be purified. We're yearning to be made right. But we just keep walking by that forgiveness. We keep walking by it because we're not willing to confess. Today I want to challenge you. Don't pass that up. Don't pass up forgiveness. but confess. Admit your wrongs. Admit your wrongs and confess to him. And we confess to him through prayer. And prayer is just this. It's just talking to God and listening. A lot of times I think if we're honest with ourselves, we struggle with prayer. We're like, man, what what do I pray about? I think we get stuck. We're like, man, I I can't pray anymore. I just have like a list of people that I pray for. It almost feels like a grocery list. But let me me encourage you this. Let me challenge you this. Add, Add confession as a part of your prayer. Make it a part of your daily prayer. Jesus actually taught us how to do this. Jesus tells us to do this when he teaches us how to pray. If you look at in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but this is exactly Jesus teaching us exactly how we should pray, what our prayers should encompass, what they should all should entail. And he says confession is a part. He says forgive us our debts, forgive us our trespasses, right, as we forgive others. Yeah, we're supposed to forgive, but we have to ask forgiveness as well. And when we ask forgiveness, what we're doing is we're confessing. So I want to challenge you to confess to God through prayer. Another way we confess to God is actually through responding to Him. There's sometimes we just need to we need to stop what we're doing and respond. There's a lot of times we may feel these promptings in our head, right? We may feel these promptings if we if we did something wrong. Quickly, we all of a sudden might feel this 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 feeling of guilt or remorse. And listen, that can be a good thing, right? Because that can lead us back to God. And what we need to do is we need to allow it to lead us back to God. We need to respond to that because what that's called it's called conviction. And when we feel conviction, we have to respond from it, right? We have to respond by confessing to God. Now, I do want to just give you a, a little bit of difference. There's a conviction and then there's condemnation. Convictions from God. Convictions from the Holy Spirit. Conviction leads to repentance. Conviction leads to us changing. We have to confess and then it leads to us changing. But there's also condemnation. And some of us, I think, we live in condemnation. I want to understand. You don't need to live there. Listen, if you've said a lie, if you've sinned before and you've dealt with it, right? If you've confessed it. If you've gone, if you've already given it to God, God's already has that can take control of. God's already got that handle. If it keeps coming up, what that is, that's condemnation, and that's a lie from the devil to try to make you walk and live in shame and guilt and keep you shackled. I want to challenge you. Respond to conviction through confession and overcome condemnation through trust. If it's something you've already dealt with, Trust that God has it taken control of. Trust that God already forgave you for it, right? Trust that God has control and is taking control of your life with it, right? Overcome your lies by number one, confessing to God. And then number two, confessing to others. Part of confession is confessing to others. Now, huge disclaimer on this. We have to be careful who we confess to. Right? Like, don't leave today and go on social media and Facebook and list every sin that you've ever done. That is what we call not smart, right? Right. Let's be wise about this. Let's use some discernment about this. But the truth is we still do need to confess to others, right? There's times where we need to confess, especially to the party that we may have sinned against, especially to the party that we may have hurt. And there's times we need to confess with somebody that that we trust, that can walk with us to help us overcome that issue, to help us overcome that lie. In fact, James 5.16 says it this way. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other, And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's times we need to admit our failures to others. And here's why. Because we experience healing. When we confess to God, we experience forgiveness. When we confess to others, we experience healing. And when we confess to others, they can experience healing as well. So I want to challenge you. Confess. Confess to others. Overcome lying by confessing to others. And understand, this is where it gets tough. Right? This is hard. This is harder than just confessing to God. When you have a conversation with God, it's just between you and him. But when, when you get with a person, sometimes it can go a little deeper because there's some, there's some emotions that may be tied to it. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to confess. If there's something, maybe maybe this week, if you've lied in your workplace, if you lied to your employer, I want to challenge you. Go and confess to them. This week, if you've lied to a family member, if you've lied to a friend, I want to challenge you. Go and confess to them. And if you lied to a spouse, I want to challenge you this week. Go and confess to them. This could be tough, but I don't want to challenge you to do it. And listen, in a marriage, open communication and confession are the only way a marriage is actually going to last. It can be scary, but it can be freeing. In fact, it's the only way to be free. It's the only way to experience healing. Confess to one another. And again, don't miss this though. We confess with purpose. When we confess, it's not just about getting something off our chest. Yeah, sometimes that feels good. Sometimes it feels good to get rid of that. But the truth is, we need to confess with purpose and we need to confess with the purpose of prayer. I love this passage of scripture because it ties in to prayer. It says, we confess so that we can move forward with the power of of prayer. It says, confess your sins to each other so that you can pray for one another. In your workplace, this may be weird with your boss, right? But the truth is with our family and friends, confession may be the only way they really see Jesus through us. And it may be the one opportunity we get to pray with them and pray for them and ask them to pray with us. In our marriages, this could be the way that connects us in a a way that's deeper than we've ever connected before. Some of our marriages might be hanging on by a thread and they're hanging on by prayer, but are you really praying? Maybe confession, what leads to that actually praying together? So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Confess to one another. And again, it could be hard. There could be some tough stuff revealed, but it will lead to healing. And it can lead to prayer. And again, it goes back to my disclaimer. If you're confessing, if you're confessing, do it with purpose. Have some discernment when you're doing it. if you're confessing, confess to the party that you may have hurt. And if you're confessing to a party outside of that, it better be somebody you trust. It better be somebody you know that's going to pray with you. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It better be somebody that you believe that is righteous and has a prayer that's powerful and effective. So I want to challenge you this week to confess to others and confess with a prayerful heart. To overcome lies, to overcome our big fat mouth, we have to confess to God and we have to confess to others. And to experience his truth, we need to confess that he is the truth as well. So as we close, I want to challenge you to take out your connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today, maybe you've never confessed that he is the truth. Maybe you've never confessed that he is your Lord and Savior. I want to challenge you, if you're here today and you've never done that, or maybe you did at one time, but you walked away, I want to give you the opportunity to make a commitment to follow him. And what you can do on the back of that connection card, there's a place that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. What you can do is you can check mark that box. And if that's you, I want you to check mark that box and I want you to believe that God loved you so much that he sent his son for you. I want you to believe that, then I want you to receive his forgiveness. I want you to receive his forgiveness for your sins and receive him as your Lord and Savior and confess that he is the truth. Maybe you're here today and maybe God's asking you something. Maybe God's asking you to, to maybe confess more to him. Maybe you've been faking it. Maybe you've just been going through the motions with him. And he's saying, you know what, it's time to get real. I am going to challenge you, if that's you, write that down and then begin to do that. Begin to do that this week. Make confession a part of your prayer time. Make confession a part of your, your daily routine where you wake up, you spend time with God and let him know, man, what you're going through, what you've done. Maybe for you, maybe maybe you've got the hard call to, to confess a lie to, to somebody this week, to others. Whatever it is, I challenge you to write it down and then make a plan. Make a plan to have that hard conversation and live that out. There's also a place for prayer because we love to partner with you in prayer. And we take these connection cards very serious. It's our way to know where you are. It's our way to track with you, to journey with you, and then to pray for you as well. So if you would, take this time to fill this card out completely and also take this time to get any Kaiser offerings ready. And Seth will be up in just a moment to explain the next step. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you have a great week.